Hello, musical theatre fans! Welcome to the first ever episode of the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. You know how the best way to get to know someone is to talk with them about their favourite musicals? Well, that's what this is. My name is Ian Bokett and I, on a decidedly amateur level, write and direct musical theatre. I am also a writer for musicaltheatrereview.com, currently celebrating its 10th anniversary as your premier source for news, reviews and interviews on all things West End, Broadway and worldwide. Our wonderful editor, Lisa Martland, wanted some interviews doing. I saw an opportunity to buy a cheap piece of costume jewellery on eBay and arrogantly declare myself mayor, and now we're here. I'm delighted to say that our guest today is the absolute phenomenon that is Anna-Jane Casey. You know her from, I mean, you know her from everything. She's done absolutely everything. But most recently, you may have seen her in Cabaret at the Kit Kat Club, the Sondheim Old Friends Memorial Concert, or in the pantomime that's taking London by storm, Mother Goose. And there's good news on that front. Mother Goose is going out on a grand tour of the UK and Ireland with its original cast, also featuring such stars as John Bishop and Sir Ian McKellen. So check out mothergooseshow.co.uk for dates and tickets. It was an absolute pleasure to speak to Anna-Jane Casey, not least because the interview took place backstage at the Duke of York's Theatre just before performance. And let me tell you, the atmosphere backstage is just as joyous as in the show itself. So please forgive the occasional interruption of wardrobe or the theatre tannoy, and I hope you enjoy this discussion between myself, the Mayor of Musical Theatre, and the fantastic, the incredible Anna-Jane Casey. Do I have to bow to the mayor? Do I have to polish your um, chain? Or am I all right for that? Welcome to the Mayor of Musical Theatre podcast. I am composer, reviewer, photographer, and now podcaster slash mayor Ian Bokett, but I am far less worthy of the title of Mayor of Musical Theatre than my guest today. Her resume reads like a list of the biggest musicals of all time. You may have seen her in Cats, West Side Story, Chicago Cabaret, or even at the Duke of York's Theatre, starring with Sir Ian McKellen and John Bishop in the pantomime Everybody's Talking About, Mother Goose. West End legend Anna-Jane Casey, thank you so much for joining us. That's my pleasure, my love. Your character in Mother Goose is called Scylla Quack. And that is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. How can the rest of the show live up to that? <laughs> it was quite funny when I got the scripts because, you know, I wasn't meant to be doing this. I'm actually an imposter. Yeah, it was meant to be the beautiful Mel Gidrodge, as in Mel and Sue. But Mel had personal dramas and so had to uh, retract herself from the show. So when I first got the script, it was literally with about 10 days before they started rehearsals. And I was like, Scylla Quack, hilarious. <laughs> um, it is bonkers. Everything is mad. Um, we have Caroline Goose, who is our lovely Sir Ian McKellen. And her lovely husband Vic who has a very short name I mean I'm not don't want to do any spoilers but it is yeah we start at Siliquac and we go to like crazy town so it's fine yeah <laughs> oh good to hear um, you've done a lot of panto before this as well you were Aladdin and Aladdin I was indeed Aladdin at the uh, Hackney Empire quite a long time ago now I think my my eldest child is 16 and at the time they were like three or four wow. um, so yeah it's a long time since I've been slapping my thighs and going <laughs> it's behind you but here I am again did you learn any lessons from those previous panto experiences that you brought over to Mother Goose? I know how physically hard it is. But then again, I've got two kids and I run around like a blue <laughs> fly. So, you know, running around is not too much of a drama for me. It's my constant life. Um, did I learn any tricks? Just really work the audience. You've got to. Yeah. If they don't join in, we're all <laughs> So I'm like, come on, get on with it. So, I, yeah, we quite aggressively make them join in. That's good. That's what you need at Panto. Definitely. Because, um, <laughs> of course, we're past Christmas now, but 
this is going on on tour. It's going yep. all through the summer. It's not just a Christmas show. This is Mother nope. Goose. Nothing to do with Christmas. Yep, that's right. And I will be laying Easter eggs by the time we get to April. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> do you like going on tour? I, do you know what? It's funny. I, I, I do and I don't. I, mm. I was just saying to our lovely friend here over here, that, um, <laughs> our, from our lovely PA company, that when you go away, I don't have to be a mum anymore. I mean, there's a few mums in the show and we're all, we can't wait. We're going to be out. We'll be drunk. We'll be like pole dancing in some awful club in Liverpool. So it's it's a nice thing to do. It's also lovely to take your, your show to other places in the country. You know, it's everything shouldn't be London centric. I'm a Manchester girl. So we go to Salford and I'm thrilled for that. Do you have any favourite places to visit in the UK? I'm going to say it. And everybody who's a Lancastrian will be like stoning me to death. Sheffield. Oh, oh man, over the border, over the over the hills, yeah. Sheffield's my favourite city. I've worked there a lot, and I can't wait to be in Sheffield again. Oh, I do love Sheffield. Yeah. And um, the last thing I was lucky enough to see you live in was the Sondheim Old Friends ah. concert, which was fantastic, and it was of course broadcast on the BBC. Did you Christmas. see the dress rehearsal or the evening show? I saw the evening show. Then you'll see me fuck up. Then yeah, bleep that one out. <laughs> Because uh, the oh, matter, it was the a afternoon. couple of words. It was a couple oh, of words mate. in getting married today. The rest no, of it impeccable. It was awful because the whole thing started, and when your mouth has gone, blah, blah, I was like, "Oh man, it's live! I can't turn around and go. Can we start again?" But thankfully, they'd recorded the dress rehearsal show, which is what got shown on the TV. But you were there to see me make a right arse of myself. So there you go. Oh no, one tiny bit of the hardest song in the musical theatre canon. <laughs> that was an absolutely incredible performance. Oh. I, I was texting everybody after that show, being like, there's a northern getting married today. Yay! It's fantastic. <laughs> um, so what was the atmosphere like at that show? I can only imagine with so many big it, names. It was stage. really interesting. I'm going to drop you a few secrets here, my love. That Please. There was a few people who you'd think would have no fear whatsoever. Dame Judi Dench, Michael Ball, all in the wings, literally cacking their pants. Oh, wow. Uh, Michael said to me, I've worked with Michael before we did... Um, uh, Mac and Mabel together at Chichester and then did a tour a good few years ago now but Michael took my hand and he said AJ I'm terrified I was like oh don't be ridiculous he said this is the scariest thing because there was very little rehearsal we all rehearsed separately and only for like half an hour each so then when they put the whole thing together it was like Jesus am I on next so there were a lot of people terrified Judy Dench I mean the woman's a legend yeah. was literally terrified in the wings going I can't do it and we were like you've got to get on dear nobody else is going <laughs> to sing Ten of the Clowns get your ass on uh, so it was very interesting it was an interesting day it was quite an overwhelming day as well with so many people buzzing around and I would not wanted to have stage managed that trying oh, to negotiate people who's coming on where and get her off and get him on yeah it was mad all the logistics of it the sadness the emotion people happy to see each other after a few years a lot of that a lot, lot of that a lot of darling lots of actors being really over the top yeah. and how was the after party I have to ask I didn't go oh <laughs> I've got two children I've got a school run I've got to be up at 645 I'm sorry so, to hear that yeah, it's alright listen I did my bit and I went home <laughs> yeah it sounded like an exhausting night it was I'm really loving how we're both speaking at a million miles an hour. We have a similar, similar speed. I like that. Yep. So let's get on to the main questions <gasps> Why we're questions, here. Yes. So what is the show that first made you fall in love with musical theatre? I think it was Annie because I saw the show first of all and I was 10 years old and I happened to be in the show in Manchester. Uh, they did a big touring production after it had been in London at the Victoria Palace. They then took it on tour through the early 80s and I was, I think it was the first tour out. I played Tessie, which is the orphan that says, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, all the time. So I was in that when I was 10 and that has come, I knew then this is what I wanted to do. 
Oh, gorgeous. Yes. Um, so that was at 10 years old. Had yep. you been, had, were your parents really into musical theatre before? Was Not really, no. I mean, my, my mum and dad are market traders from Salford. And we'd always, I'm a really energetic human being as a 50-year-old woman, let alone as a 10-year-old kid. And my, mo- my mother had sent me to every single thing she could, horse riding, gymnastics. And then when we finally were doing dancing. And it was just came up in our local paper, Manchester Evening News. They've got auditions for Annie. And a few kids from my dance school went along. And mm. yeah, hundreds of kids, the classic millions of kids through the door and uh, I think I was just more gobby and more annoying than the rest of them and I got the job yeah and dancing was your first love is that right yes yeah yeah I danced from a very early age I was a gymnast first and then uh, I got myself a hernia nice when I was nine and the doctor said try something a little more gentle maybe like dancing okay (laughs) he didn't know about dancing yeah (laughs) especially musical theater dancing I imagine yeah it's really hard Day to day, as you're walking around the streets, what's the score from a musical that's most likely to get stuck in your head? It's West Side Story. Every time. Classic, classic. And when people go, oh, you know, what about modern musicals? I'm like, no, I will take you outside and fight you. (laughs) West Side is the best musical ever written. The whole score is incredible. It's where I met my husband. We were Anita and Bernardo in the first Mm. UK tour. And uh, yeah, and now 25 years later, we're still together. That's really lovely. always West Side. And it's it's such a great score. Obviously, at the time, it was very innovative, and it still yeah. sounds modern. Those harmonies, those those intervals, you don't get in a lot of modern music. Not at all, and you don't get something that's got that much passion as well, and has songs of every style. You've got beautiful ballads. You've got like you know comedy numbers. A lot of shows try and replicate that now. You know, modern writers are like, how do we do this? We've got to have a funny number, and it, but it, it doesn't. For me, it doesn't fall the same on your ears as West Side Story does. And even, you know, the new film that came out, we took our children to see it. And uh, my little one, who's 10, was completely and utterly, like, engrossed in it. So, you know, it matters a lot to a lot of people. Do you have a favourite recording, a favourite version of West Side Story? Uh, I don't know. Probably just the original, like, the the film soundtrack. I've still got it on vinyl. I had it on vinyl when I was a kid. And I still have it. Me too. Original (laughs) film soundtrack that was in the car on my way to work every day. Yep. So good. Um, what is your favourite musical currently running on the West End? It's Cabaret. Yeah. Oh, of course. That, it's a re. I mean, I'm, you know, everyone kind of knows Cabaret if you've seen the Liza Minnelli movie, and you kind of know what it's about. It's set in Weimar Germany, but the production that's on at the moment. Oh, somebody's at our door. Ooh, Come in. Hello. Um, uh, <laughs> that's Genevieve, who was our lovely wardrobe mistress, who's just popped her head in for people going, "What the hell was that?" Um, but yes, at Cabaret. The way that they have staged that show. I mean, ATG, phenomenal producers. I'd just like to say, I'd like to work for them forever. Mm. Um, they spent a lot of money making the whole theatre itself an interesting place, let yes. alone then the design of it, let alone the creative team. Just so as an audience member, you walked in and you were like, what the hell is this? It's com- They don't want to say immersive, but it is. It's immersive. And, you know, that's why you're paying a lot of money for it. You know, for a while there was, why are these tickets so expensive? Well, you're getting four hours of entertainment of top class quality. Oh, absolutely solid as well. Yeah. It's not just some actors talking to you a little bit. There are musicians, there are singers, there's yeah. everything going on. We're in there. I used to crawl around the auditorium and steal people's drinks. That was my favourite bar. I'm not even a drinker. I'd be like, I'll have a bit of that. Coming yeah. out going, oh, red wine. Oh, no. But yeah, Get you, you, you are mauled by people at Cabaret. And I, I think for an audience, that's very exciting. So a lot of audience participation in that show. Yeah. And in pantomime as well. Yes. It's different styles of audience interaction, would you <laughs> yeah. say? Panto's got less Nazis, but yeah, it's yeah. about the same. <laughs> Good to hear. Um, and it must have been really scary opening Cabaret. It's one of the first shows after the COVID restrictions were lifting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for the first, we opened it, I think it was about November of 21. And uh, and it was still, everybody had to be tested, the audience as well as us, daily as well. I've never 
shove so many swabs up my nose and down my throat in those first few months. I mean, you know, and, and quite rightly so, we had to be safe because we the audience were amongst us. It yeah. wasn't like you were separated by a cross-arch theatre or you had some distance. They were right in there. And so everybody had to be, you know, COVID tested, yeah. uh, very strict. Uh, but it was exciting as well. And we felt like we were doing something special. Oh, absolutely. I remember going to the press night, actually. I was very lucky to yeah. go to that. And it was just such a relief after the last few months yeah. to have this joyous, freeing experience around yeah. lots of people and to feel safe about it. Definitely. Tested, as you say. Yeah. And every, I think every show that opened around that time, whether it was the end of 21 going into 22, the audiences, I mean, people crave it. You know, it's a mm. human thing to share an experience. You know, it's lovely all sitting watching Netflix, but it's not the same as seeing an actor live or a dancer live on the stage. So speaking of joy, yes. what musical makes you laugh the most? I went to see a production of The Drowsy Chaperone, which was probably on early 2000s, I think. And I don't think I've ever laughed so hard in my life. I mean, the people in it were phenomenal as well. My brilliant friend John Partridge was in it and Summer Strallen. And, uh, but that was really good and something I didn't know anything about. You know, you sometimes you go and see things and you go, oh, I know what this one's about. Yes. I had no idea and it was brilliant. They should bring that back. It's Drowsy quite a Chaperone. unique concept. Would you mind talking oh, listeners through if they have No, absolutely. It? It's a guy who's written a play, isn't he? So it starts mm. off with a man sitting in his chair going, I'm going to write this show. And as he starts talking about it, the show appears before you. And you've got these mad bonkers <laughs> characters. You, as you can tell, we're in a theatre, everybody. People are coming in, there's announcements. Um, so, yeah, it's a it's a show within a show, if you will. So you get his version of how he thinks of it. And so some of the characters are acting and he'll go, no, I didn't write you like that. And he'll get up and interrupt. Really clever concept. I loved it. It's a great one. And it's one that harks back to classic musical theatre sound yes. as well. Do you yeah, find yeah. yourself, uh, do you have an affinity for the past? <sighs> yes and no. I mean, in, uh, I think modern musicals can be good if they're really clever. But there's also a lot of, let's try and replicate what Westside was. Or let's try and, no, let's do something wholly and completely different. Yeah. You know, Bake Off the Musical is coming and apparently is amazeballs and has gone on a different tack and is meant to be fantastic. So there are ways of making it work. I don't harp back that much. So this is the force of nature that is Anna Jane Casey. Isn't she just the absolute best? Please do check out those Mother Goose tour dates on mothergooseshow.co.uk. And while you're inviting your friends to go see the show with you, let them know about this podcast. Also, check out musicaltheatrereview.com. As I mentioned at the top of this podcast, we are currently celebrating its 10th anniversary and there will be lots of exciting theatre stuff happening on that website in the coming months. Now, back to Anna Jane Casey. What is your favourite movie musical? Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Oh, oh it's yeah. It's a classic. Yes, Howard Keel. <gasps> Howard Keel infringing. That's very nice for a lady of my age. Um, and talking about brilliant. dancing as well. Uh, yes, yeah. all those phenomenal dancers. Uh, the barn raising. Let's raise a barn. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's brilliant. That's, uh, that's one that I always go to. Fantastic. There have been, I've read, attempts to do it on stage, which I've never seen before. Clearly not super successful attempts. No. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's difficult to find seven fellas and seven women of the calibre that they need. I don't think that's true. I mean, I'm sure I could cast it amongst my friends. <laughs> but maybe it's because it's considered an old-fashioned musical. I mean, it is slightly the, the men steal the ladies. Maybe we could flip it the other way. Maybe mm. we could change it. The women steal the men. <laughs> that sounds better to me. Well, there is another question. If you were to direct a new version, a restaging of a play. Would that be? Seven yeah, I'd like, yeah let's have a go on that. Let's watch the fellas cowering in the corner while the women come <laughs> in and just punch them in the face. Yeah. <laughs> just a bit of violence. That's Small what you need amount of violence play. covered by a song. Yeah. yeah. That cures all the ills <laughs> of the past. So what musical might people be surprised to learn that you love? Oh, God. Um, 
what did I say on this one? Okay. Listen, I'm a menopausal woman. It's difficult for me to know what day it is. Um, I said, what did I say? Chess. Chess. <gasps> chess. Right. So, story of chess. Okay. Number one, it was a concept album first, wasn't mm. it? It was never a show. It was just a brilliant album, which anybody who wanted to chest belt in the 90s, we all were like... Thanks, Fodler. There's Fodler, our stage management again. Um, yeah, we all learned to sing, nobody's a nobody said in our kitchens. And my husband, in fact, was in uh, a production of Chess. So before we had children, BC, as we like to say, we used to stand in our kitchen and sing it. We were quite sad and pathetic. But usually we were drunk, so we kind of took the edge off the cheesiness. But Chess is an absolute banger. Every tune's a winner. I haven't seen it staged as much recently. There's ah. talk about doing a new version. There's talk about a film adaptation. Did you not see the one at the Coliseum that they did? No, I missed that one, sadly. It was very was good, it? I have to say. It was fantastic. And um, what's his face? Tim. Tim. Oh, my God. Terrible with names. What's his name? It's, we're Googling. We're Googling. <laughs> we Google in the corner. So, basically, uh, Michael Ball was in it. There was Tim. I've worked with him. That's terrible. I apologise, Tim. I mean, this is 90% of musical theatre conversation. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> this is real-time research you're listening to now. <laughs> we're scrolling, we're scrolling. <laughs> Tim Hower, sweet lord. Right, so chess is brilliant. And I saw it do in concert version at the Coliseum with my, the lovely Michael Ball, Mrs Ball, and Tim Hower. Thank you. <laughs> Tim Howard, who is the most phenomenal singer and is a lovely, lovely man and bonkers. And he was brilliant. And it's a shame that they don't do it more often. They should do it in more of a concert setting, I think. Yeah. You know, you don't need a huge set coming on. The music takes it as it, has, as it is and the story's great. So more of that, please. I'd like to be in that. Thank you. There is talk of a film adaptation of it. Do really? you think a film would work or is it more suited know. to the stage i mean listen i'm sure they could probably make it work you know they could have a nice big set and have them in the hills they could have them singing the mountain duet on a mountain sure. might be a bit chilly yeah. <laughs> rather than wheeling on like a big set of a mountain oh i'd be interested to see who's in that oh yeah, i think it's only talk at the moment but it's all exciting right. can i be in it amazing put a word in uh, yeah okay i've got all the context on my <laughs> musical theater podcast um which musical do other people love that you don't quite understand for whatever reason Okay, now, first of all, I have to apologise to my very, very good friend, Maz Murray, who is playing Donna in Mamma Mia at the moment. But I'm sorry, Mamma Mia makes me sick. It makes me physically sick. <laughs> strong feelings. Really strong feelings. And I think I might be scarred because I saw a very, very early run through of it. Okay. When they were first putting the show together, they had the view that it would be dead serious. Oh. And so we were all invited to go and see this matinee. It was like a public dress matinee way back in the 90s. And they came on and people were going, Chikatita tell me what's wrong and obviously we all started laughing and I was like this is awful and because the poor actors were, had been directed at that point to take it so seriously it was like 500 people were pissing themselves laughing and these poor actors were trying to be really like meaningful well after that I think they thought well sod it make it a comedy so now she goes chicken seater tell me what's wrong which kind of makes me feel even worse I'm like oh man you have to go there to make it work and listen I'm a woman and I'll always support women but it's the kind of show for me which is just a sea of hen parties so not for me mamma mia sorry Maz that's fair enough. Um, <laughs> clearly the music of Benny and Bjorn you enjoy from chess. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the songs, I assume, ABBA? The songs are fine, okay. the songs are beautiful, but no, I don't need a, a girl on an island trying to find her father. I'm done. <laughs> How about the movie version? Did that Even worse. Even worse. Even worse. Made me want to poke my own eyes out. Mamma Mia 2? Jesus Christ, stop it. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> so if not Mamma Mia, what do you think is the most romantic musical ever written? Oh... Well, it's back to my favourite, I suppose, isn't it? It's West Side Story. I mean, yeah. it's based on flipping Romeo and Juliet. You don't get more romantic than that. If it's where you met your husband as well. Indeed, yes. Lots of snogging. 
terrible. It wasn't directed. We just did it anyway. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> um, do you think you are a, um, a Bernardo, Anita sort of couple? Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe in the fiery anger stuff. <laughs> but then the passion, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm hoping he's not going to get killed, though. I haven't got time uh, to bury him. So well, he's going well so far. I yeah. think it was only a few weeks in the show, wasn't it? I know. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you're a sentimental, romantic sort of person in general? Yeah, very much so. Oh, I cry at anything. I cry at adverts. I cry, you know, like I cry at The Simpsons when Marge and Homer have a row. I'm like, oh. so I'm, yeah, I'm a sucker and I will cry at anything and everything. Oh, it's so and good I'm, to be able to tap into your emotions like that as an actor. And sure. I'm the best audience member as well. You know, when theatre people go to the theatre and they're really snooty about, oh, she wasn't very good. Mm. I'm like, woo, yeah, I'm the most emotive person. My children will vouch for that. They'll say, please stop crying, mum. It's embarrassing. There you go. So now that you're not in Cabaret, have you been back to see Cabaret and been that audience member I there? I have. And I, it was the first time I'd seen it, which is mad because obviously if you're not doing it, you're off stage getting changed, getting ready to go on and do it. So I'd never seen Vilcom in the opening number and I was in pieces. I was like, this is the most triumphant piece of like seven minutes of theatre. It blows your head off. And I went to see it um, with the new cast with Callum, uh, Scott Howells and Maddie Brewer, who were both phenomenal. So uh, I think they leave soon, though. They've got a new gang going in. Um, I think it is. The change over there is quite swift. <laughs> yeah. Do you think you'd be able to compete with the audiences for Mother Goose? I imagine it gets quite rowdy. It gets really shows. rowdy here, but we encourage it. Our brilliant John Bishop goes on at the beginning and tells everybody, you've got to join in because we're not doing it if you're not. So, you know, whatever size theatre we're in, whether it's the Liverpool Empire, which is over 2,000, or, you know, here at the Duke of Yorks, I think we're just about 600. Mm. Uh, everyone's having a good time and they're all up on their feet. Which musical have you never seen that you think you should see? Ah, I, th I think I said Hamilton, didn't I? Yes. You did, and how is that possible? I know, Hamilton, I know. Disney filmed it. I know. Do you know what? I think I've seen bits of it on the telly. We've got Disney Plus at home, and I think I've seen bits. But I would like to sit down and probably have a look at it. I just don't have the time. That's fair enough. Two and a half hour show. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's the biggest phenomenon in musical theatre in quite indeed, a while. Indeed, indeed it is. Have you seen any of Lin-Manuel Miranda's other work, Moana? In I've watched Moana a thousand times, yes. And... Uh, what else has he been doing? Encanto. Oh, my God, yeah. Encanto was in our house for quite a while last summer. Um, yes, what I, about In the Heights? That was recently a movie I as well. I really wanted to see that. I'm sure I can probably find it on some streaming platform it's once so again good. when I have time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose your life at the moment is theatre. It is. It's, if you have a spare minute, you're putting makeup on. You're doing something. Or I'm getting my kids up and getting them to school, yeah. Which musicals, fictional world, would you most like to live in if you could? I can't remember what I would have said. Oh... Oh, right. Oh, did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which which world would I like to inhabit? Magic Mike. Come on, let's have some men with their clothes off. 10,000 years of women shaking their boobies. Let's have the fellas for 10,000 years now. Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely fair enough. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to live probably backstage and like help them out with some changes. Yeah. Have you seen that show once, twice? <laughs> no, I've never seen it. But oh. apparently it's amazing. Apparently it's not just fellas taking their clothes off. There's a story and everything. What story? But we don't care about the story. Don't we... care as long as they've got abs. Yes. Show us your abs, don't care. Well, that's the whole fictional world of it. I go to the gym occasionally. I could never look like the people on those posters. Listen, they don't look like that. They all go home and eat cake. And then they all, you know, sculpt their abs with shading powder. I'm sure they do. Oh, that's good to know. Okay. Yeah. Going to Poundland after this. <laughs> shading powder. The final question. Okay. If you were the mayor of musical theatre. Okay. Which show would you order be staged forever so you can go see it whenever you want and at which venue? It would indeed be Cabaret, a Kit Kat club. I really oh. think... Like I said earlier, people going, I'm not paying that amount of money. Pay the money. Pay yes. the bloody money. You will not regret it. It's moving. It's exciting. I'm in that venue as well. I mean, I'm sure, 
you know, Charlie and Ed, who are the main producers over at Cabaret and mm. indeed ATG, I'm sure they've got a plan for lifting that whole set and putting it some in different places around the world or even in this country because they'd be mad not to. The whole yes. thing of going in through the theatre into this dark, weird world and there's people mincing about in their pants and you're like, what is this? It's like, it's bonkers. And and then for, it to, for the show to have then moved into, you know, the horrors of what is happening when fascism comes in in 30s Germany, it's genius. Rebecca Frecknell should be given all the accolades that could ever be given. I mean, it's quite the compliment. The amount of shows you've done, the amount of classic shows that everybody loves yeah. that you've done, and Cabaret is the one that you yeah. keep revisiting. I, I think as well, it it's really sits in my mind because of the whole pandemic thing, and yes. nobody in live entertainment thought we'd ever get back to it. We were all like, oh man, that's our lives done. And so it was very, very special time. And, and to be that close to an audience and feel how excited they were. Yeah. I don't know if your listeners know it, I'm sure a lot of them do, but there's one section where we sing Tomorrow Belongs to Me, which is at the end of Act One. It starts off as a nice song, and then it becomes a really angry, like, the fascists are coming like we don't want certain members of the community in our lives and there was a guy on the front row of the dress circle who literally was going boo boo he got really upset and afterwards he said this is really upsetting I don't want to hear about it and I said mate it happened it really happened and we have to be aware of it it's you know an audience gets moved as well as a performer so yeah cabaret all the way yeah and of course it's happening Again, in some very scary oh, ways. I was warned not to get you started on politics. Don't please, get me started I want on to. politics, hon. Yes, well, we are living in a fascist state, let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> I think even conservatives will say that now. They'll say, this isn't conservatism. This is batshit crazy time. <laughs> Hopefully they'll be out soon. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lovely happy note to end. That's all the questions. Thank you so much Thank you, for my answering love. these questions for us. Do I have to bow to the mayor? Do I have to polish your um, chain? Or am I all right for that? I mean, honestly, with those choices, you are much more worthy of it than I'll ever be. Um, thank you very much. Thanks, and my darling. good luck with Mother Goose, which is on in an hour or so. I yes, we're going to do our warm-up in a minute. But come and see us around the country. Check out mothergoose.com. You will find where we're going. Do that. Thank you very much, Anna Jane Casey. Beautiful. That was Anna Jane Casey. Thank you again to her for her time and to Daniel at Raw PR for setting up the interview. Remember to head over to mothergooseshow.co.uk for details of the tour and musicaltheatrereview.com for all the exciting news, reviews and interviews you could ever need. Please also tell your friends about this podcast. Heck, even tell your enemies. Just because you disagree on some things doesn't mean they shouldn't have musical theatre podcasts in their lives. Finally, please do follow the show on the socials, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, and if, if you can leave us a five-star review, you will be my personal hero. Check back for another episode next week. Thank you again for listening. Keep it musical. Bye!